The King New Dreamers are proud to partner with Bluehost, the most powerful web hosting around. We love Bluehost and we'll use no other host for our website. Right now, Bluehost will host your website for only $3.95 a month. The perfect time to start that website you've always wanted or to move your website to a better provider. To get this deal, go to the Bluehost link in the show notes. Because I have a dream. Staggered by the winds of police brutality. Now, you have been the veterans of creative suffering. The ballot or the bullet is to either ignore them or, or to deny them without giving And we stand together to win the war. One false step for man. Yes, we can. Can we all get along? It's crazy right here. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. That's Ty King inside joke. What up, Wild Wild World peoples? It's your boy, K.Ara, here, back with you, along with my man, Will Hipster Horn, in the building, yep. with you the well-coiffed hair, with the quarantine beard the, over there. The 2090s, where you get in there. The 2090s. I don't know what the 2090s are. Yeah, oh, 2090s email. If, if you're not it's watching on two YouTube, two areas at the same time. Hey, we, we rocking. If you're not, if you're not on YouTube, we'll definitely got the bangs and the well coiffed hair hanging over the eye. It was a lovely look. I'm sure his wife is feeling it. Um, I'm a complains about it every day, bro. Right. But anyways, <laughs> look, y'all are all quarantined here as well. Not with us, but with us in spirit. So you understand, I got the quarantine facial hair going on too. It's all good. But we're glad to be with y'all here uh, on Wild Wild World, the podcast of conscious Christian conversations about chaos of the cosmos, cousin. We here, ready to wrap it up with each other and with y'all. So we appreciate y'all for being here. Will, my man, how are you doing today? Man, I'm good, man. I'm a you know, it was a productive day here in the same office that I'm sitting in right now, having yes. left this chair all day in my quarantine. You know, got my coffee ready for this episode. I'm ready to go, man. Ready to roll. Will's going to leave this quarantine with booty sores just all over the place. <laughs> for real, though, I've been sitting in this chair way too much. The whole deep. booty going to be a sore just, <laughs> just been in one place 13 hours a day. Yep. <laughs> That's all that is. Get you some exercise, my man. But uh, (laughs) anyways, we're here. We appreciate y'all again. Uh, Just for those of you that are new here and for those that have been here with us, we just want to remind you that this is a Kingdom Dreamer podcast, KD's in the building. Uh, Well, we're here to fight to reunite righteousness and justice in this wild, wild world of ours. T-shirt on too, man. Throw that KD up. I got the KD hat on. We got gear. We got merch. Get it, not just to support us, but because it's actually good. It actually looks good. It's actually cold. We wouldn't be out here pushing garbage to y'all because we wouldn't wear garbage ourselves. That's you know right. what I'm saying? So make sure you go check it out. Check out the website. Uh, and, and just so you know, a little bit, you can always catch us on Twitter. We are at uh, Twitter at, at Kingdom X Dreams. Again, that's at Kingdom X Dreams. You can catch Big Willie Style over there on Twitter at William R. Horn. William R. Horn with an E on the end. And you can catch me at old boy underscore K underscore R if you feel like it. You know, right now I got more followers and tweets. So we're going to get there. Uh, I, I've been promising for two years I'm going to up my tweet content. 
Literally for so, two years. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a struggle out here, but I'm trying. Um, I, honestly, I don't think I'm that witty in the first place, so, like, I don't all, often feel like my, my thoughts are worthy to be put out there in the world. I'm like, well, we having the deep stuff to talk about, whatnot. You know, I'm a little, you know, whatever. We'll get there. All right, but you can also check us out on Patreon. Uh, so we would love if we all would hop on, so become Patreon supporters. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but we're at Patreon, Patreon.com backslash Kingdom Dreamers. And then you can also, again, get that merch at our website at KingdomDreamer.com. All right, click on the store tab. So, Will, now that we got the credits out of the way, for real, for real, man, how you doing? How, how are you? Are you good? Are you excited about what we got going on here today? I'm excited. The news has me a little down, but I'm yeah. excited because okay. we're going to talk beyond the news, you know, get into the, the entertainment of our lives. So I'm hyped. Oh, yeah. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to go. Look, life is entertaining. That's facts. We're not here to be bored, right? Or be boring. Nah. We're here to live life to the fullest. So whether we are being entertained or entertaining others, you know, that, that brings some, that brings the spice of life, though. That's what it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're glad we can be here with y'all. Hopefully this is entertaining for you. You know, normally we would say like when you're driving to work or whatever, and maybe some of y'all are still driving to work, but a lot of y'all, you you know, maybe your commute is now like seven steps <laughs> from, from the bedroom to the living room or from the bedroom to the office or, you know, from the left side of the bed to the right side of the bed, whatever you got going on, yep. you know, whatever your commute is, you know, we hope you rock with us on your commute and during your day, you know. Turn this on, you know, uh, during work, before work, after work, while you're working out, while you're taking a stroll around your neighborhood. Because, Will, I don't know if you, this is the case down by you, but around here, everybody and their mama's out on the streets. So I think we talked about that last week. But it's just every time I go outside, it's just people wandering. <laughs> Folks just looking lost. lost. Yeah, they yeah. looking lost, just wandering around the streets. Like, what's this? I, I haven't been on a – I haven't seen a boulevard in years. I'm not going for walks to exploring and seeing new elements of the neighborhood they didn't know existed because everybody is outside somehow during the quarantine. And I don't know. It's weird. But, um, you know, people are getting that fresh air, I guess. I guess. I guess is what it is. But, hey – Let's jump into this crazy out here. Let's start it off right. Man, crazy out here, man. It's crazy out here. So let me give you the sad update. COVID-19 just got these numbers today. We're all still on lockdown, as you clearly heard. And as you listen to this, you're probably still on lockdown because it's still April. But 2 million, just crossed 2 million worldwide cases. Now that's tested cases of COVID-19. Right. Which is pretty wild. And the death tolls, this is what's really wild, in the U.S. just hit 26,000. That's a large number. Bro, that's like a whole city. That's a small little city. Yeah, that's, small that's a small town taken out. That's a, yeah. And I know people are, some people say, oh, well, it's not as much as the flu and blah, 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 blah. But this is not a yearly annual thing that we deal with. This is a brand new sickness disease that's coming through and causing all these additional deaths they say is you know people say it's not as much as the flu it's that number like the flu don't went away well did the flu go anywhere it's still here it's no still the flu's here. still it's here so these are additional this is on top of the stuff that we deal with on a regular basis people say oh well drunk drivers and car accidents people this many people die from all of these different things those things are still there COVID-19 yeah. ain't come through and say hey like move aside flu you know you're not needed this year it's on top of what we're already dealing with. So that's a big number. And maybe, you know, when you say 26,000 compared to what is 350 million people we got in this country, maybe it's a small percentage, but that's 20,000 lives right there that were lost by something that, you know, we didn't see coming 
five months ago, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. so yeah. that the world just started, or at least the, this country just started taking serious a month and a half ago. So it, it's, yeah. it's kind of scary and, you know, it should be sobering to, in a reminder that we do need to take this seriously. If not for even ourselves, if we feel confident that we'll be okay individually, just for the people that are at more of a risk. Yeah, that's true. That's the big thing. You're actually loving your neighbor by staying inside because the way it passes. I mean, in that death percentage, that's high, man. Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't write down what the U.S. total cases were, but twenty six thousand deaths is still. That's, that's reported. You yeah, know, reported. There's still, you know, there's still questions as to whether the numbers we're getting from other countries are fully accurate, and you know, who knows. Yeah, but. You know, 26,000 dead in the U.S. is a big number, man. That's, that's nothing to play around with. And we're starting to see it affect, like, celebrities. Like, uh, NBA player Carl Anthony Towns, his mother passed from it. Um, right. You know, so we're, we're just seeing, you know, just kind of these real-life examples. Uh, you know, it's affecting people, poor and wealthy um, alike. Obviously, there's, you know, if you've been paying attention, there are a lot of numbers where it's affecting the poor and the minority communities uh, at a much higher level. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's you know, as thing. a minority, yeah, as a minority black man myself, you know, certainly something to be aware of. Just in general, man, we all got to take care of each other. Man. Yeah, that's facts. And speaking about people who are taking this seriously, they had a protest in Michigan about it. <laughs> so, in Michigan, and they had it in other states too, including. Kentucky, where I currently reside, but the Michigan one's the one blowing up. And the hashtag was Operation Gridline. So it's supposed to block off the Capitol, say, hey, we want to open back up the country uh, because we can't dye our hair or plant grass seed in Michigan. (laughs) Which was literal, literal quotes. I'm not even joking. Yeah. I'm just questioning, like, what what is the – I mean, obviously we see the end goal, but do you you really think this is going to work? Do people that's out there protesting really think, like, look, if we go bother these people at the state capitol enough, they're going to do what? I mean, what does open up the country mean? They're going to affect the national companies and organizations that have shut down operations, the the stores that have shut down operations, like – I, I'm all for people protesting to express themselves and people, you know, protesting and, and to demand what they feel is right. But this just seems stupid. I mean, there is an epidemic. There is an epidemic going on. I mean, you cannot like it or whatever, but 26,000 deaths is 26,000 deaths. So y'all being out here protesting is not helping right. anybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, we're all for, you know, protest, free speech. That's all cool. And I could even understand you frustrated. You may have lost your job, all these type of things. But what is literally going to change? Like, I don't know. All I see from it is like this American exceptionalism at its finest rebounding back on our head that we're so arrogant and we haven't experienced anything like this in America for some generations. Right. So it's like this level of privilege is so much that you can't be denied a haircut. And clearly you can see, I need a haircut if you're on YouTube, but we can't like something simple like that. Like, that's the reasons people were given for being out here. And then the second biggest reason was they support Trump, and Trump clearly makes it seem as a hoax. Yawn. So, it, well, yeah, I which is nothing new to loud. us, right? <laughs> Wait, look, I mean, let's be real, man. Like, how much grit does this country have, just as a whole, right? And, you know, there is this American exceptionalism. We know America is great in a lot of ways, and economically it's been a powerhouse. But let's be real. In the last 
you know, I guess it's the 21st century, but like, you know, in the last hundred some years in the world, Americans have never really had to take it on the chin. Now that ain't a bad thing, you know, we're, we're grateful for it, but you look in, you know, look to Europe, all those countries have been, you know, at some point in the 20th century have experienced, you know, things like mass killings and raids and, and, yeah. and, 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 um, and invasions and all that stuff in World War One and World War II. Um, you look at our African nations that have dealt with all sorts of things, dealt with colonialism and, and whatnot, even our Asian countries that have dealt with wars. Like, we haven't had war on our own soil, you know? We haven't had mass famines and starvations and things of that nature since, you know, the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. And even that, I mean, the Depression certainly hit a lot of people, but, you know, it was on some level, um, hit, you know, just one part of the country more than others. We talk about the Dust Bowl and, and things of that nature. Right. So we don't even necessarily have kind of the institutional or generational grit kind of handed down from us. You know, we talk, people talk about the great, greatest generation, you know, toughness and how they dealt with things. But that was however many generations ago. Those are our grandparents' parents, you know, at this point, or, you know, or if not our grandparents themselves. And so it's just, this is something new, and we're not used to this. So as Americans, we kind of feel like, look, it ain't supposed to be like this. Like, the government can't tell us what to do. We've never had where we've had forced evacuations or, or, or the government has had to limit our food intake and things of that nature, uh, you know, in order to get food out to the front lines. Just stuff like that that you see throughout the world in history we in America, we've been pretty sheltered to these sorts of things. And, you know, hey, it's been a blessing. You know, lives have not been lost in that way. But we're not used to, as you said, well, dealing with things of that nature where we're all having to sacrifice for the greater good. Um, yeah. That's not been kind of the American way of life. <laughs> you know, we're very individualistic around here. Um, so this whole greater good thing, ain't really, we ain't really about that life. No, yeah. And if anything appears to tread on any type of freedom, then it's definitely government conspiracy and all this other stuff to, you know, take over and put us down. I, oh yeah. Freedom is the holy word, holy word in this, this culture. It's definitely yeah. a holy word. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. All the stuff I saw, cause I got on Twitter, saw it was trending, saw some of the videos and it's just like, the stuff that's being said just doesn't make sense. Like we're dealing with disease. We're not dealing with, you know, anything else. Like, and you have to do something about it. And I mean, the demographic, and this speaks to the, the heightenedness of the privilege, but then also the, the politicizing of a disease, which is absolutely wild, right? Mm-hmm. The high demographic was white, uh, middle class, clearly Republicans waving Trump flags and Confederate flags. Yeah. It, it, look, you know, you and I are fairly like, I don't know, bipartisan is the right word. Is this kind of even... We're independent. Yeah, we're independent. And and, you know, we're talking about Trump, but this is really a Trump thing. Like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's the problem. He's the one that that really kind of started weaponizing all this months ago when they first started talking about it. He's the one that was throwing the fake news stuff, and they're just trying to get us hyped up, and people follow suit. Like, if Trump wouldn't have taken the approach that he did, this would not be the political issue that it's turned into it's kind of silly you know obviously in hindsight it's 120 but looking back on it like this was this isn't the hard this this isn't a hard call but as far as things that presidents should have to deal with you know this shouldn't be that tough hey there's a disease popping off 
you know, we're a little worried about something new. It looks like it can really hurt people. And eh, let's make some preparations. You know, like, let's make sure that we keep each other safe. And he, you know, going off into the, to this whole, no, oh, you try to make us panic and try to get everybody riled up and warned with the news, uh, with the news stations and, and websites and all of that. Like, that, that's why all of this is going on. That's why people are out there waving Confederate flags right now, trying to get the country... <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't make any any doggone sense. Like, what what does a Confederate flag have to do with "quote unquote" opening our country up? Like, the yeah. flag of a nation that was defeated and then assimilated back into another nation is somehow supposed to represent our freedom. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I'm saying I think it shows the the true heart of this protest because it seemed like it. Depending on the video I watched, right, and I watched through a series of a bunch of them before we jumped on here, it was either people. Like I said, mad about really ridiculous stuff or literally were saying I'm out here because I support Trump in America. God bless America. So it's like I there's clearly on the streets because I supported a political candidate <laughs> or, yeah, or well, a person that's... in office. Why am I on the street for supporting anyway? <laughs> it, so it's like it, there's something else going on here and it's truly, you know, politicizing a disease and then finding a way to, you know, I don't know. It's just really wild. So it was one of the wildest things. And well, they did it here in Kentucky, too. They're doing it in other states. People, I can promise you one thing, Will. Tell if me. you, my friend, run for office, become a state senator or United States senator or congressman or even a president, it's going to have to take a whole heck of a lot for me to be out on the street protesting on your behalf. <laughs> your name. That's fair. I'm out, I'm out on these streets because I support Will Horn. Like, right. Why? Nah, I, I, I'm not living that life. Like, it got to be about a, a subject or issue or a topic that matters to me. I ain't about to be out there just because I support somebody. You know, that ain't got And that's what was funny about the, the videos I watched in protest. It, ne- it never seemed like there was a really a unified front outside of this, like, very pro-Trump group that was a part of it, right? Because it was like, cats would be like, yeah, the media is hyping the disease, all while they're still wearing a mask right <laughs> like all sorts of crazy stuff so i you know i don't know it doesn't make much sense it's certainly not logical it's not it's like, loving your neighbor and i don't think it's going to change anything for the better that's like they're putting hormones in our food to try to kill us while you eat the cheeseburger like <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's what it, that's what it is so you know i don't know i don't know if i have anything else to say about it but it's crazy so the, the official wow wow world kingdom dreamer uh uh stance on the protest is, I don't know. I don't know. Stay inside. It's crazy out here. It's crazy out here. (laughs) With that, let's jump into a new segment. Are you entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Presented by... You like that drop? It was a good no, job. I like that. Presented by, so this is our segment, Are You Entertained? Presented by new sponsor, Fandago. Ooh. If you want, pick up a gift card for after the COVID-19 lockdown. So you can go, you know, with your girl, whoever, to go see a nice movie. Maybe give it as a gift. But click the link in the show notes. Pick up a gift card. You help support the show. And prepare for movies whenever that comes. And that might be next year. We don't know. Get that gift card now when you get that stimulus check that done came in, you know, because we know what's going to happen is once everybody get off of, off, of, off of this quarantine, 
You're going to go out to a steak dinner. You're going to treat your lady or your man to something. You're going to go to the store. You're going to start shopping. All your drawers got holes in them, you know, because Kohl's is closed and all that. So your money ain't, your money going to be a little funny. We know it because everybody's going to be out there. So get your gift card now because you know you're going to want to go to the movies. I think there's ain't there a Mission Impossible movie coming out. No, it's, it's a James Bond movie coming out. You know, there's yeah. movies that's coming out soon. That'll be out in like June, July that you're going to want to go see. So get that gift card right now so you know you got the money there you ain't got to worry about it you know you're gonna make you're gonna be uh be there open at night as soon as you ready so there you go hit the link Top for that. fandango in the show notes but this is our segment are you entertained so kellen what's been entertaining you lately carol baskin oh. hey hey look i mean let's be real there's been a lot of stuff you know we're all out here we're all stuck in here, quarantine, right? So, like, you might be like, Will, maybe you're a workaholic. You're like, great, I don't have to go anywhere and talk to people or whatever. I'm going to work, you know, 23 and a half hours a day, and, and maybe that's you. But a lot of people, you know, even if you're working, if you're working from home, um, you know, maybe your job load, your workload is a little bit decreased. Uh, maybe you do work, but you can't go out anymore. So when you come home, you're just home every night. Uh, you know, the things you used to do, even if it wasn't just stepping out, you know, maybe you went to like life groups with your church or have poker night with your buddies or whatever. Like you're just in the crib, right? So a lot of people are entertaining themselves. They watching more shows, we binge watching stuff. Uh, maybe you're reading books, maybe listening to more podcasts, or whatever. So, yeah, there's been some stuff I've been watching. You know, we're not going to turn this into a Kellen Recommends segment, but, you know, I've definitely been catching up on some shows. There's so HBO called Succession I started watching. It's extremely wild. It's wild. It's a popular show if you're interested, look it up. Um, but that's a wild show. I can only watch, like, one one every two days or whatever, because it's a bit much. <laughs> I finally started watching Ozark. Somebody put me on. Oh, people have been telling me to watch Ozark yeah. for really months and months and months. Hey, you should, should check that show out. So I finally started watching that. That is dope. Um, kept me engrossed, so I've had to, like, parse that out. You know, I try not to get caught up in just watching these shows, like, seven hours straight, right? So so that's dope. Um, Fair. Yeah, there's, you know, little stuff here and there. Um Watching the show, show 30 Rock used to come on, um, NBC, classic comedy, whatever. But more than anything, Will, the thing that not only caught my uh, attention over these last couple weeks, and just really the world's Will, is Tiger King. Like, Tiger King is one of the most ama- amazing pieces of television that I've seen in a long time. And it is just, it's just perfect. It, it's why, like, I, I, you couldn't do it any better or any worse somehow at the same time. I don't even understand. I couldn't even verbalize to you what I like about the show or even what I don't like about the show. Like it, somebody described it as it's an unspoilerable show. Like it, it, it is completely resistant to spoilers because I can tell you something that happened in the show. It will blow your mind. And then I will say, look, there's 27 other things just as wild or more wild than this crazy thing I just told you. Then even though I told you the crazy thing, how we got to the crazy thing is still going to be ridiculously entertaining. So, well, I know you started watching it a little bit. Um, I've tried to shame you into watching it completely. You haven't done it. But what do you think, man? Why is this show so popular? Dog, I don't know. I mean, I watched the first two episodes and I couldn't watch anymore. Uh, you couldn't watch? I couldn't. Like, it's just, it's too wild for me. Maybe it's just my personality. <laughs> like, it's really, really, like, nonsensical wild and it's too cultish for me that always like gets me like there's mm. too much like cult vibe in it and i can't vibe you know i can't even i'm not even entertained by it it just like 
you haven't even gotten to the part where they actually talk about the cult elements of it. Like, oh. like later in the series, there's some literal cultish, not, you know, satanic worship, but cultish vibes that are actually talked about and described. And it's kind of yeah. out of left field, but you haven't even got See, to that part. I just got a sniff of it in episode one and two. And I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm out. Well, I'm gonna tell you, it's not even coming. It's not even coming from the place you expect. There, there's a character in there that has multiple wives that are essentially trapped in his life compound, whatever that work 18 hours a day. Like it, it is absolutely wild. See, and that's the problem though. Is that this like this is a, supposed to be a documentary, bro? So this is real life. That's what's crazy yeah. about it, right? It's not like oh, it's a crazy show where they just made up a bunch of crazy stuff put together. Like it's crazy because it's real life, and that's what I think. That's what why I had to dip so quick. Well, you know, it, we're all like peeping times of this. Like, I, I don't know if you've had this experience, man, but like, I, I grew up, you know, in a, as an urban individual. You know, I grew up in the city. I grew up in South Minneapolis and um, lived a fairly whatever city life, you know? Like, I saw, I saw some crazy things, did some somewhat crazy things, you know, saw some crazy people, right? But the life I lived was not necessarily crazy, right? And so when I see these documentaries and they're describing these lives of people that I didn't think were real. <laughs> not, I shouldn't say I didn't think were real. It's just wild to me that people live in these ways, that there are people like Joe Exotic, and then there are people like the people that work with him and around him who live in the way that they live, not just in terms of the poverty, but just the utter ridiculousness of everything. It's, yeah. it's just fascinating to me. Um, it's absolutely fascinating to me. And this is, I'm not trying to like, um, you know, fetishize, you know, poverty or whatever. Right. But it's, it's a look into a part of society that you kind of hear about, you kind of know exists, but until you see it, you know, like I, I didn't grow up in rural America, you know, I didn't, I don't have a lot of experiences with rural America, I, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Or even like in, like in the deep south, like my pops is from the kind of deep south, but it's Miami, right? And most people wouldn't consider yeah, Miami the deep world. south. Well, the part of Miami he's from looks like a little Alabama town, you know what oh, I mean? Okay, so, okay. so it's kind of that, right? But it's still not that, you know, it's still from the urban environment, you know? It's still not that out in the middle of nowhere, backwoods type of life. And just seeing the, the type of way that these people live was just wild and fascinating to me. That my guess is a lot of people are seeing are, are connecting to that part as well. But then just look, we like drama. You know, it's the sheer utter ridiculousness of the things that happened in that show. I mean, they spent half the show blowing things up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, well, I know you didn't watch it fully. But they talk about how they keep the cost down of feeding the tigers and the, the big cats that they have at the uh, at, at the zoo there. And he said he has a deal with Walmart where essentially uh, the old that's all that. yeah. Yeah, expired meat they give to the tigers, which I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. You're feeding, you know, tigers, you know, ground turkey or whatever, right? But then they went and said the workers – literally said we get first pick of whatever's on the walmart truck and you see these dudes that work there frozen meat yeah Yeah. happily digging through these trash cans full of expired old meat and like these are not clean looking trash cans it's not like oh this bit like this is bloody warm they've been thawed like they're not frozen or anything yeah and they're more picking through like oh this looks good and this looks good and what up like and there's and they they at least on film 
they see they sure seem to act like they were enjoying this life they were living. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like one gentleman on the show said something like, "Hey, yeah, I used to be in jail or whatever. Now look at me now. You know, I, I work with, I train tigers for a living. And then you later find out that my man makes one hundred fifty dollars a week and lives in a like lives in a trailer on site that doesn't have electricity or I don't know about electricity doesn't have working plumbing. And they showed rats running through there, and he's eating meat off the back of the Walmart truck and seems happy as a clam. Like, what are we doing?" <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? And, and and if you haven't seen it, that is maybe number ninety-seven on the list of the wildest things on the show. Um and I'm not trying to That might be it. like the tame stuff, bro. Yeah, that is the tame stuff. There were things that happened in that in that show that legitimately should have been full documentaries <laughs> or full hour-long episodes about some of these events, and they just brush through them in like seven minutes and go on to the next wild thing. So yeah, well. I mean, clearly, so, yeah. America's fascinated with it because it's been number one on Netflix, top ten for like two, three weeks now. So it hasn't moved. Hey, it is a fascinating peak in the life. And look, and the thing is, we've seen this other fe- this other type of fetish fetishization. I mean, um, you see, like there was a time when quote unquote hood, hood movies were all the rage, and you know, you're looking at people living that gangster life. You know, uh, we already know America fetishizes the the Irish and Italian mob. You know, people living that sort of life. Yeah. Um, so anything that's on the on the margins of society, um, especially if it's well produced, is, is kind of gonna get our attention. Especially about these little niches of society, or is it niches? Is it a niche or a niche? Um, what these people that are trained to talk is like. Uh, there was the I forgot the name. There was a documentary a few years ago about uh, the I think it was Sea World workers who worked with. Um, with uh, whales and whale sharks called Blackfish, I think it was called. Um, okay. It was hugely popular for a while. So anything like that, especially if it deals with animals, people pop in. And I, and I talked about Tiger King for like the last five minutes, and I haven't even really mentioned Carol Baskin. And she definitely killed her own husband and fed him a tiger. So, <laughs> so there's that too. I've seen that on Twitter, so I haven't got that far. I don't know if I will get that far. You, you but the to. Twitter consensus seems to say that she's – the killer. She definitely fed her husband to a talker. And you know, Americans, love, we love true true crime documentaries as well. And uh, podcasts so, so this, as well. This just combines all of it, I guess. I don't know, man. Uh, it combines everything the public loves. And it is wild and kind of sad, but hilarious and extreme. And you kind of can't stop watching. Well, you can, clearly, but I can. Yes, I can. Well, I don't know. We'll see. See if I watch more. I don't know how many episodes it is. Not that many, right? It's like six or something. It's seven, I think. But they actually just released a new one this week, which I haven't watched yet because you know me and the wife try to watch. We we watch that together, so you know we want to make sure we watch this last one together. You know, we're trying to trying to stay married here, so (laughs) so you know when you start a show with the wife, you got to finish it with the wife. That's true. Made that mistake before. That's fair. All right. Hey, but let me. Hey, piece of advice. Anything you really, really want to watch, do not make a promise or pact or whatever to watch it with your spouse. You will always be frustrated because one of you will fall asleep or one of you will get busy or whatever. So if there's something you're actually trying to watch, especially now that people are binge watching, just watch it on your own. Like, <laughs> do not make that mistake. If it's something you kind of mediocre on and you kind of want to watch or whatever, fine. But if you're like, oh, I really can't wait to watch this, do it on your own. That's fair. That's fair advice. I've made that mistake a few times in my yeah. life. So fair advice. But let's uh, 
Let's move past the Tiger King, and let's go to a new segment. Never. Not a new I'll segment. Never move past Tiger King. Never. Tiger King's going to be woven throughout season three of the Wild Wild World show. It'll just come <laughs> up. No, I hope it's not that serious, but it might be. You never know. It but definitely is that serious. I had an idea, so we're going to try this idea out under our entertainment section here. Is Kellen posted, like yesterday, I think it was yesterday, on Facebook, an old song that was put to Sesame Street as a music video, which was hilarious. I'm not going to mention the song yet, but it was like, oh, that's a song that literally always randomly pops up in my head, even though I haven't listened to it in, you know, at least eight years or something crazy like that. It'll just pop in my head at any random given time. So I decided what we're going to do is list the top five as honestly as we can, not trying to paint any characters, the top five songs that randomly pop in our head for no reason, even though we never actually listened to it or at least haven't in some solid years. So that's what we're going to do. Is the top, I don't know what to name this, but top five random songs. There's a Chris Rock movie called Top Five, you know, so we can, we can go with that, you know. Steal off that. Yeah, he would. Chris Rock won't mind. He won't. He won't hear this. At least he won't hear this until twenty twenty seven when we blow up and he starts listening to our back catalog. Oh, he won't right. hear it right now. Right. So, hey, Chris, how you doing? Sorry, we stole this like seven years ago. But they to bring the pain. Yep. So, top five. Here we go. Kellen, I don't know. Do this in reverse order if you can. So, see, uh, here's the deal. Start, here's the deal. We'll alternate. I sat down and make this list. Okay. And I thought I had a pretty good list. And then I was like, hey, babe, babe, being my wife, hey, babe, what's some songs that I'll be randomly singing or whatever and popping in my head? She said, hmm. Then she listed, like, rattled off, like, four songs. And I was like, oh, that's true, too. And now, if you don't know me personally, I just kind of walk around like singing and humming random songs a lot of times. Like if you say a word, it just reminds me of lyric. It just flows from it, right? Um, so I kind of cheated here. Well, I don't really have a top five. I really tried to work to to whittle my wish down, whittle my wish, whittle my list down to five, and I can't because I feel like all of these songs are just in my head all the time, <laughs> and bad. so. I was like, I could just pick five randomly, but I feel like I'd be doing a disservice. So what I can do is I can go through quickly. You know what I'm saying? Um, so how about this? Instead of me starting with number five, I, I'll read two of them right quick, right? Okay, okay. Um, and I know this is unfair. I know this is cheating. I apologize, but I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. So look, here's the deal. So the first two I have on here are Story to Tell by Biggie. And Just Friends, my music soul child. Like, Just Friends been in my head for, like, 15 years at this point. I just walked up the street. Doo, 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 doo. Like, that's always in my head. And a story to tell, every time I hear, like, a snare drum, like that, I just start thinking of Biggie. Like, doo, 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 doo. like it just pops into my head all the time. And if you know, disclaimer, if you're not familiar with these songs, feel free to look them up. We can't yeah. play them. But, you know, had the YouTube, Apple Music, whatever. Pop, uh, pop these names and we got the names correct. Um, but if you hear them, especially if you're of my generation, you know what I'm saying. So, Will, you're number five. Man, so you said... So, this is a question. This is interesting. So, you describe the songs as the beat pops in your head. Is it is it the beat or the lyrics? What, what's more prominent to pop in your head randomly? It's, it's, it's actually both, and it depends on the okay. song. You'll see what I'm... A lot of times, it's like a piece of a song that I just kind of randomly sing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, those two songs that just happen to be 
the beats in particular that are just always in my head. And actually, okay. with a bit with a story to tell, like I will often when somebody says something about a story, I will often just say I got a story to tell, right? Like, and, you know, I have heard you say that. Yeah, if you're my generation, you know, you probably do the same thing from time to time yeah, if you was, you know, listen to Big Back then. So that's fair. I think when I think of songs that pop in my head randomly, it's usually the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's like that goes to the melody, but the lyrics in particular. So you want me just to do five, or am I doing two? It's up to you. I, I, I'm not gonna put any limitations on how you how you roll here, Will, because I know I cheated. All right, so, all right. Well, I'm gonna go from the fifth one up, and I'll just name the fifth one, and we'll keep alternating. So, the fifth one. I don't know if you'll know this song, but sure. I use it all the time. Sure, it's called sure. "One Day" by this Jewish dude named Maris Yahoo. Have you ever listened to it? No. Well, no, exactly. I, not consciously. I, I might have. I'm not sure. You might. You might have heard it though, but. It's like this really powerful song about, I don't know, God coming back one day to make things right. But he always sings this chorus where he just sings one day repeatedly. So every time my wife asks me to do some chore, I sing back to her, one day, one day. It's like, it's like Jewish reggae song. Right. But it's Not constantly in my head, bro. That's, it's constantly in my head. Okay. So I do my chores one day. That's it. check that out. Uh, how, let me ask you this: How does uh, your wife respond to that? Answer? Not very, not very positively. No. Okay. <laughs> In fact, she hates the song now because of that. So, I'm sure the uh, the artist is appreciative uh, of you. I don't even know if the dude makes music anymore. I mean, it's really unique. It's Jewish reggae, literally. So. <laughs> Hey, that's all right. Uh, what's the what's the band name that made uh, red wine? Uh, CB4 or whatever CB40 or whatever they were called. The oh, yeah. the uh, the English reggae band. <laughs> yeah, red red wine. Oh, that's what too. Anyway, so look, the next two I got. One is kind of random. You might not remember this song. It's called "All I Want" by Seven O Two, and that's in my head often because that's that it it was when I was young. And long story short. I, I really like 702 because I met them at the premiere for this movie, Good Burger, right? So I was like, I don't know, 12. Like Good Burger with Keenan and Kim. Yes, Good Burger <laughs> with Keenan and Kim. So I met them, and so I was like, at that time, I was like, I'm checking for their music. And that song was in the movie. And so that song been in my head for years. And then when my kids got a little older, not older, but like all of them, when they hit that like young kid stage, they all like loved that movie, Good Burger. To this day, they watch this movie like once a week. Maybe once every couple of weeks. It's it's a good movie, so I imagine. Right. So I hear it still all the time, and so whenever, like, again, whenever somebody says something like "I want" or whatever, like in my head, I hear "All I want." So that's always in my head. And then the second, the other one is "Socket to Me" by Missy, and that's another one okay. with the beat. When you hear that, uh, 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 uh. yeah. Like every time I hear any kind of tone like that, that comes into my head, and I'm like, "Ooh ah." So we that's a familiar beat. That. That's fair. That's fair. that's almost- okay. All right, so. You got 10 of them? How many you listed? No, I don't even know, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. You're going to do two for every one I do. It sounds like I got to. I'm sorry. I cheated. I couldn't narrow it down. They're all in my Uh, head. I mean, hey, is it? Kid of voices running through my head. So this will show, I think the rest of these songs will show our slight generational difference. We're the same generation, but you're more the beginning. I'm more the end. So my songs come from the early 2000s. So number four that's in my head all the time. That probably shouldn't is Get Low by Little John the East Side Boys. Hey. To the window. To the wall. Hey. Yeah. Every time, man. It doesn't matter what happens. It randomly pops in my head. Just the hook, like, yeah, yeah, there's a beat. 
So that's that's a constant like randomly in my head. Doesn't matter what happens, man. You know that that song was in everybody's head for like five years, definitely. So it was it was played pretty much everywhere. So you couldn't avoid it, even if you wanted to. No, see that that song was that happened to have like the distinction of like for years, at least three, four years, being the one song that set off every club party. I was at. As soon as that pop on, like everybody got hyped. So, it, yeah. um, so that's all last. All right. So look, I got. I'm, this is a mix of three because two of them are kind of combined. And I'm guessing you have not heard of any one of those. And I'm guessing the majority of my our audience is not. So the first one is a song called John Blaze. It's by. It's performed by Aaliyah. But it was on a Timberland album called Tim uh, Tim uh, with Tim's Bio Life in the Basement. This is an album that when I was in high school, I bought and I loved it. I, that's when I was really in producers. It was my, like my favorite album. Had a lot of cats on there. A lot of terrible rapping, by the way. <laughs> but yeah. Timberland's such a co-producer. And this Aaliyah song was on there, and I can't find this album anywhere. It's not on like Apple. Um, I think I I think I found it on Spotify one time. But it's not even an album. It's just most of the tracks from the album. And I don't even remember if John Blaze was on there. But you can find it on YouTube. Um, but it's, it's an R&B song. It's, but it's just always in my head. So this song has been in my head since literally since ninth grade. Because uh, I love this song. It's one of those few songs. It's like one of my favorite songs. But it wasn't a single. You can't really find it. It's People just don't even know it. And it's an amazing song, right? Then hmm. I got two here. And I'm slightly... No, I'm not ashamed. I'm a grown man. I'm proud of it. Whatever. But uh, backstory: I was watching a movie a little while ago, and the opening scene there was a song. I was like, "That song's kind of catchy." I was like, "What's that?" So I, I, you know, I hit my Shazam app, and I was like, "Oh, that's a Megan Trainor song." I know Megan Trainor, whatever. That was dope. So now, you know, when I hear a song I like, you know, I just pop it on spot, you know, uh, get my Shazam. I pop it on one of my Apple Music playlists or whatever, and I just happen to be browsing through one day a little while later, and um, I happen to play the album. Megan Trainor's album. I was like, now I know like three or four of her songs. I they're kind of catchy. And I just listened to the album. And it's actually pretty dope, right? Um, her first album, at least. Her other stuff, because I listened to it. You know, she changed it, got a little pop. But it was kind of like 50s R&B. It was kind of dope. I like the style. So there's a, there's two songs that are now just in my head for the last month. And one is called Dear Future Husband. The other one's called No Good For You. And they're just always in my head. Like, it just pops into my brain every three minutes now. <laughs> because I was listening to the album for, you know, like a week straight when I be in the car or whatever, because when I hear something, I, I rock with it. So anyways, you probably ain't never heard of any of those three, but we'll rock with it. Well, I've heard of Megan Trader, but I did not see that one coming. I know. I did see, not see that one coming. You're bringing, you're bringing some surprises to me. I'm not eclectic, that eclectic, unfortunately. So number three for me, this is what actually started the whole thing, is The Crossroads, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Just the hook always pops in my head. Always. Doesn't matter what it is. I'll see you at the crossroads. Exactly. So some Cleveland, 1999 hip hop. That uh, is constantly in my head. I don't have any good rhyme or reason for it. But it's that. That's that's the song where no matter where you are, if it comes on, everybody will stop. It'd be like, boom, 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 boom. You know, most of us don't know the words, but everybody would go with it. So yeah, you, you at least get the rhythm. Because then I, I don't even know if I remember all the verses from it, but the hook is always in my head for sure. So. All right, so near to the end, I got I got another another duo. And these are actually very similar. But oh, these have both been in my head. They have like 12 songs. 
Hey, I'm just saying, these have both been in my head constantly for 25 years at this point. One is A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Right. Okay. Classic. And I always walk around, it's been too hard. Like, that used to be my ringtone. No lie, which is a ridiculous ringtone to have, I know. But if you called my phone at some point, like 2004, like, Sam Cooke would play. Um, And then the other one is Stand By Me, the original version by Benny King. That's just always in my head, too. Like, it's just, it's a song that I'm, I walk around singing. I'm washing the dishes and I just break out singing, you know, like, I don't know why. I, I, I like, it's a great song, obviously. That's fair. But it doesn't even necessarily relate to anything going on. I just start singing. So, that's so fair. That's it's pretty random, but that's it fair. is. But it's always in my head. You remember when phone ringtones used to be a thing? You had to go buy those or like download them by like recording them on your phone and stuff like that? I remember when it was such a thing that we used to like spend hours downloading them and and, and yeah, editing it was like something for real. And now, now nobody don't even change it. Yeah, nobody even changes their standard iPhone ring, man. It's just well, like, you, you know what it is? We have so much access to music now. Yeah. So like you true. can listen. Like your ringtone used to say used to theoretically say something about you. Or what it was like an identity marker. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember I had a I had a not white tea. Um, yeah, white tea. Uh, from them franchise boys <laughs> was my ringtone. Um, that's a decent for, ringtone for a while, and I remember I used to. I, I was feeling good about it because I was like, "That's a cold ringtone I got right there." Anyways, that's true. That man, those are days. So, my number two is that literally this. Um, this might be actually number one that pops in my head. I, I wrote a number two on here though, but "Ride with Me" by Nelly. Hey, okay. must be the money. <laughs> if you want to go take a ride. Dude, that it's always in my head. So I think I remember this came out what two thousand maybe somewhere around there. It was like yeah, it was early on. But I remember hearing it like early, early on in life. It's been in my head since like forever, man. Wait, pe- people front like everybody wasn't bumping Nelly for a while. Like we were all yeah, and so many hits. Up. So even if yeah, he had so many hits. But this was yeah, this was one of the early. This was on that Country Grammar album. It was and uh, it related is Country Grammar the single is still one of my favorite videos ever. I don't yeah. even necessarily know why. It was just what my man was just in the middle of the street with a with a Cardinals jersey on, just just spitting. If for whatever reason, I loved that video. Always did. But Nelly had a ton of music videos that really hit though. Like he was really producing music videos during those early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, Nelly, Nelly had hits. All right, hits. so look, my my, my co number twos. <laughs> you really do got like 20, I do 15 songs I these are my call number twos they're by they're by the same group All and right. again these have been in my head for 20 some years and one of them you'll know the other one you'll only know if you would like listen to that so what is Don't Leave by Blackstreet Don't Leave Me Girl like I say that to my wife like just randomly <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, so that's always in my head. Then another, there's a song on on the album called "It's Call Happy Song" in parentheses tonight. And if you ever heard the song, or if you go listen to it, you'll kind of see why it's in my head. Because it starts off with just they say tonight, gotta take these records. So like every time I hear nighttime or somebody says something about tonight, mm. in my head I hear tonight. Like it's just it's just all that that that's one fair. line in that first kind of. Stands the other song is always in my head, so that's one of those you know it's a trigger, trigger thing. So um, those are, yeah, those are code number two. So what's your last? What's your what's your number one, Will? So I'll give you my number one, and then I'll give you a bonus that doesn't make any sense to me, and I'm not sure why it's in my head, but it is in my head all the time. So 
first let me give you the number one you're not going to know this song uh unless you're really into christian hip-hop in the early 2000s but it's jerseys and fitties by the cross movement and it's literally in my head all the time the whole song not like the whole song my wife doesn't even know what the song was but she can say all <coughs> the all the lines she's never listened to the song till yesterday right but she could say she knew the whole second verse because I say it all the time. And <laughs> she'd never heard the song. See, I just remember Cross Movement as being being the uh, the group where you would see the poster in like the youth group room. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? And that was it. But like I never, never listened, you know, at that stage in life, I was not really trying to feel any sort of Christian hip hop. And a lot of it that I did here was kind of garbage until like Yeah, the last and this is super years, so. like East Coast and it was it's pretty like I don't know, maybe cheesy in his lyrics, but like the whole song is always in my head. Okay. Always. And okay. here's the bonus. Here's the bonus that I don't know why is in my head, but it is in my head all the time. And it's Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have no idea why it's in my head all the time, but you it is. Pay me- Thousand and fifty-seven guesses, and I would have never got. You never exactly because I can't even figure out why it's in my head. It is a catchy like song. It's a catchy song. I don't even like Soldier Boy. Like, never have. Not even his hits. But it's always in my head. Always. Hey, real talk. At my wedding, when I got married, we told the DJ specifically. We gave him a list of stuff to play, and then we gave him a list of stuff not to play because that was at the time when Soldier Boy was popping. We were like, don't play any Soldier Boy. We told him this. What happened? He played yeah, Soldier Boy. I Why? Man, right away. <laughs> Why? Yeah, because our kids who were like 13 at the time and actually weren't even our kids yet because we hadn't adopted or uh, brought them in yet. They were our, our little brothers asked the DJ to play it. So he played Soulja Boy. And I so <laughs> we were seated. Um, okay, so look, my number one is actually just one. And here's okay. the thing, Will. This isn't even a real song. But if, you, if, if you've been around me, <laughs> if you've been around me, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So, because it's not a real song, I can't give you a title. But what I will do, I'm going to sing it for you. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Casey, JoJo. <laughs> That's I true, though. That I about think about once a week. <laughs> I've definitely heard that at least 50 times since I've met you. So Yes, That's all fair. the time. I don't even know. I think it came from an episode of Martin. And people, they was, they was, they was either making fun of, imitating Casey and JoJo. If you don't know Casey and JoJo, look them up. Yeah. And I, ever since I've been a teenager, me and me and some of my, my guys, my guy Matthew in particular, we be walking around yelling "Oh yeah!" every once in a while. Whoever in the room, <laughs> we just be yelling yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know. Like I said, it's not even a real song. But that's fair now. Anybody that knows me is, is shaking their head right now, like, yeah, that's definitely number one for him. That's, that's honest, honesty. Honesty. Well, there you have it. That's our Are You Entertained segments. No, that was probably like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we might have to chop that down. <laughs> nah, but there's so much to be entertained by, man. We could do an Are You Entertained segment all the time, but hey, we, it is we need a little fun in this, in this quarantine, so that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. So. Tweet at us your top five. Definitely. Your top five. Look, if you want us to chop it up about some other thing, uh, tweet that at us, DM us, whatever. Respond on Facebook, wherever you want. 
Only your top five, not your top 20. Like Kevin. I'm not going to cheat no more. I, I really, I was trying this <laughs> afternoon to break it down. I couldn't. So, and I realized I probably stressed this out. So I apologize, Will. Will's probably actually like low-key upset with me right now. So no, I messed, nah. up, messed up the schedule. Um, but yeah, I'll stick to the rules. But anyways, like I said, we're, we're talking about entertainment, entertainment here. So we definitely want to let you know another way to be entertained here. And that's through Stitcher Premium. All right, not regular Stitcher, Will, but Stitcher nope. Premium. You can use uh, – hop on Stitcher Premium. You can use the code Wild World and get free Stitcher Premium for 30 days. Not Wild Wild World, just one Wild. Oh, wild World, 30 days for free, right? So what is Stitcher Premium, you might be asking? It's a, Stitcher Premium is a premium subscription service uh, to Stitcher that includes bonus episodes and exclusive exclusive shows from hit podcast hosts, early access to popular podcasts, and ad-free shows. So well, it doesn't matter if you like comedy, if you like true crime, if you like pop culture, this show's like Comedy Bang Bang, uh, WTF with Mark Marin, How Did This Get Made, one of my favorite shows, uh, Criminology, or My Favorite Murder, or even Marvel's Wolverine. They do comic books on Stitcher Premium. Um, wow. Check it out. So again, Wild World gets you free Stitcher Premium for 30 days. Uh, beyond that, it's only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. So check it out. There's a lot of stuff on it, a lot of a uh, lot of good content that you can't get just as a normal free Stitcher user. So check it out. There you have it. Stitcher Premium. Check it out. There'll also be a link in the show notes if you want to click that. Awesome. And we're going to jump into another new segment that we're going to be rotating in. Uh, this will take up the second half of our podcast called Theology Corner, presented by Logos Bible Software, another one of our great sponsors. So. He has led my feet guided me, protected me. I love to talk about him. So if you don't know what Lagos is, it's literally Bible software. I've been using it for over a decade for my personal study, pastoral study. But if you want to study the Bible more, they've partnered with Kingdom Dreamers to bring you a exclusive deal where you can get their fundamental package and some free books at like half the cost. So if you want to check that out, go to Lagos.com forward slash kingdom dreamer or you can just click that link in our show notes but with that let's jump into our question for theology corner so kellen we're going to chop it up about the question that everybody's asking or they seem to always ask they ask to the point that it annoys me so we need to handle it right <laughs> here is why Who, where in the world is Carmen san diego is that that, that doesn't annoy me because it just makes you want to go back to like being in third grade playing computer games but okay that's, so that's a fair question as well. But why millennials aren't going to church? Mm. The, worst, it, the question annoys me because it's asked so much. But we need, to, we need to tackle it here, end it once and for all. Why millennials don't go to church? But first, let me give you a caveat before, we, before I hear your thoughts. Caveat Kevin. away. Here's the caveat. We actually have to define what millennials is because – People use millennials like in reckless abandon to describe anybody younger than them as, you know, a, a generation. But if we're talking about millennials, specifically millennials, that's our generation, Kelly and I, which is those between 1981 birth date and 1996. That's the widest range. So that means the youngest millennial would be 24, 25 right now. The oldest would be like 38. Mm-hmm. Getting close to 40. So we're not talking about teenagers. We're not talking about little kids. We're talking about grown adults, people coming out of college, but also people that got a wife, house, kids, and a dog. So mm-hmm. 
the whole, whole generation. Whole 15 years. Generation, yes. Or known as Generation Y in the technical terms. So, Kellen, what are your initial thoughts to this puzzling question? Why millennials aren't going to church? You know, it's such a puzzling question. There's whole books and studies and things on there. So, look, another caveat. You know, if you are really, really curious about this, there's a lot of resources out there, right? And I do not proclaim to be an expert on this subject in the sense that I've studied it or things of that nature. Though I have, you know, a little bit more exposure to it than most. Um, I think to start off, the reality is, is this general, the millennial generation is very, very, very different from the generations before it. And also the church is very, very different from what the church was in previous years. Um, so there's a lot of places you can go with this. You know, one thing we've talked about quite often in the church is the church is no longer a community church, right? Um, churches, unless you're in a small town, typically are not here to serve specifically the community around it. People are driving 30 minutes, passing 27 other churches to go to their church, right? Um, so the, the church's role is overall different. People are much more consumeristic when it comes to church. They are looking for something from it. Everybody's looking for something a little different. And if a church doesn't have what they want or isn't giving them what they're looking for, they don't come. They stop going to that church. If church as a whole isn't giving them the specific thing that they're looking for, people do not come. Whereas it used to be, well, the church is a place for believers to gather. Um, it is a church for, as a place where it's a community center and, you know, it had all these other benefits. Now it's, if I'm looking for companionship, that's what I need my church for. Or if I'm looking for teaching, that's what I need my church for. If I just need some leadership, that's what I need my church for. If I just want to feel good, that's what I need my church for. And if it's not providing those things, then I'm out. Um, and people in general, like this generation is much less religious than in the past. And there's probably a, million, uh, a bunch of different reasons for that, Will. Um, pop culture, um, this is the technological age. Um, you know, we are much more into, I almost said reason, but that's not true. <laughs> uh, we're, we're into kind of knowledge and, and, and science and things of that nature. And a lot of people feel like that's incompatible with, Christianity in general, which I disagree with, but you know, there's there's a lot of way, there's a lot of things I can say. So I'm gonna stop talking, and, and we'll let you chime in, and, and maybe we'll get this conversation going in a specific direction. No, but I think it's interesting. We'll j- jump off with your point that this difference between kind of the church as a community and the church as like a product that can be consumed, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge reason why millennials aren't going to church is because the church has become a product that needs to be consumed. And we live in an ultra consumer society. We already consume enough. Mm -hmm. So I think what people, especially the younger generation is looking for is actual community. And it's not really found in the church. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the, whatever the generation is above us, that's kind of pushing this, like, Oh, you got to have, light sound smoke and coffee and you'll bring millennials in like type narrative (laughs) you know what i mean and i i think it's a it's just a false narrative because i think the reality is that there's a lack of community connection amongst the millennial generation partially be you know that could be partially because of technology and other things you're saying just in general in general i think there's a lack of community connection which means there's a greater longing for community connection when the church isn't providing that, you know, there's not a whole lot of draw to it. So I think that is a big key to it. But I think another key to it is 
to look at the parents of the millennials because I think what makes the most sense is the message of success that was given to millennials is just playing itself out, right? Mm -hmm. So church was just a maybe a part of the success, but at the end of the day, still, you know, go to college, which was the super narrative for our generation, you know, get a good job and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. I think that message of success has finally played itself out where, you know, success is found in all these things. So and not in your spiritual world. Right. And the fact that you become consumed in that you have student debt, you got to like, there's a ton of like factors into stress on the life because this narrative has played itself all the way out now that you got to go get a college degree and do all these things and be successful. And this is where success and joy is found. And, you know, I think that's brought a disconnect. And to that point, I mean, think in a lot of ways there were, I think each generation is becoming more kind of self, more aware of the world than the ones before. Right. Um, and you, we, a lot of us grew up and, um, and the culture of our homes and our families was not one where, Hey, the most important thing for you, son or daughter is to not, not only to be a good person, but you know, to cultivate and develop your relationship with God. And I'm talking obviously specifically of uh, Christian folks, right. Yeah. Um, that was not the most important thing. The most important thing might've been for you to get good grades, go to college, like you said, do all these things. And, um, there was an element of just like we, we say, okay, this is the, it's the school's job to educate our kids. We kind of say it's the church's job to teach our children about faith. Right. And on top of that, you know, people are people. I'm not one to try to put a lot of judgments on people, but so what you have is kids growing up and seeing, okay, the parents are taking you to church or whatever on a regular, but they're kind of leaving the cultivation and spiritual development up to the church and they're taking you to church, but then maybe at home, they're not necessarily living that same life. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be like, Oh, well you take me to church and you're at home beating on my mom. It could just be a simple thing. Like you take, you know, we're always at church on Sunday and you want to act holy, but like, I don't ever see you pray or, I don't see in your daily life that this thing really matters that much. So in my daily life, it not doesn't really matter what it is. Is faith is just on Sundays we go do this thing, you know, and yeah. we kind of believe it, but it's not the center of our world. It's not something that's embedded in me. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a combination of those things. So that when people then get grown and they go on about their life. Now we're also in a society that doesn't necessarily value Christianity. I know now in Trump's America and everything, people say, what are you talking about? Chris is up But I'm talking about real, actual relationship and, you know, that sort of stuff, right? Uh, anything in pop culture, like it's, put it this way, when is the last time you saw a Christian portrayed in pop culture and it, it wasn't portrayed as either a hypocrite, an evil character, or a joke? That was just a true believing Christian that was a good person. It's very, very rare. Way more often it's the evil preacher. It's the hypocritical Christian woman, um, you know, that's gossiping. It's the guy that does the, the deranged character that does evil things, but quotes Bible verse, you know, all that, all that nonsense. Right. So we're in a society where not only is, you know, this not an integral part of your life, if you're a millennial, but there's no, I'll say it's societal pressure or whatever to emphasize your spiritual life. There's actually societal pressure to say, Hey, no, you don't need none of that. You do your own thing. And so it just leads to people who aren't even necessarily feeling like they're rejecting God of Christianity, but 
it's not a priority. Like going, going to the act of going to church is not a priority. And you just see a lot of people say stuff like, I don't need to go to church to have a relationship with God. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Da, da, da. And yeah, so I think all those things play a factor. No, yeah, that's, I mean, and that's on point, right? I think it's, it's this feed down trickle. And I think what else that points to though, is the, the failure of the whole kind of youth group culture that churches have tried to create over the past few decades. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a very, that's a very new concept to have a youth group, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a, like, since the foundation of church thing, that's like the last 30, 40 years of church, right? Right. And the idea that um, youth culture has to be, like, segmented in such a way, that separates it from the family. There's no real transition from a youth group to actually participating in the church. There's a massive generation gap there. Right. So it's like, how do you expect if the youth are segmented off, right, into another part of the church that's not really a part of a church, it's like sit them in a basement to go play stupid games and hear a Bible story, basically, right? Right. And how do you expect when they turn 18 to then suddenly be like, hey, now I'm going to be part of the church, right? Because you never really were part of it. I think millennials are the first generation to really be a part of that youth group culture and to see that it really wasn't that fruitful, right? Right. Well, it, it's a hard thing because, like, I, I think the thing that youth group culture does as somebody that did grow up in it is it does or it can create a sense of community within that group of kids, right? True. Um, it's possible. That, that, I mean, that was my experience, right? Like, yeah. there was a sense of community and belonging, not with the church, but with your other group. Like, it was kind of like a crew of friends or whatever group of friends. Um, you know, I grew up, I had multiple groups of friends like oh this this my this is my boys from school these are my boys over here from church these are my boys from the football team like and a lot of times there's crossover or whatever but you know you got these different groups and I think sometimes I think that element is kind of beneficial but it's hard because then the question is okay well how do you raise young people up and raise them up in a way where they want where their faith is strong and they want to stay involved and they want to stay around because the other element is well, you know, you get a bunch of 14-year-olds sometimes sitting up, uh, sitting in church with the rest of the adults or whatever, and that the messages aren't always resonating. Like, it, there's just all of those things that come into play there. So it's like you don't want to segment them, but you don't want to hold them. And I think all that goes to show is faith in people's spiritual walk is not built on just sitting through a sermon on Sunday. Like that can't be it. You know, like you should be able to have be strong in your faith. Even if you go to a church where for whatever reason, the preacher doesn't move you with his sermons. Like it doesn't move you emotionally or whatever, you know, or Mm -hmm. put it this way. If you are an elder in the church, yes, we're all still learning, but if you're an elder or older person or somebody that's very strong in your faith and a lot of messages may be geared towards other people, whatever stuff that passages you've studied and whatnot, maybe that sermon isn't necessarily as feeding to you. Right. But your whole walk shouldn't be based around just what happens on Sunday morning. And so what's happened is when people are failing these kids in this generation, you know, outside of Sunday morning in other ways and other areas. And so you see now people aren't coming to church and, yeah, you know, I think that's part of it. So. No, I think that's good. Yeah, and that's the thing is, it's not that youth group is completely fruitless, and it's not that there's an easy solution for this gap, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right. Part of it is that we've accum- we've made this the pinnacle of the Christian life is like the Sunday sermon, right? Yeah. And that's supposed to guide everything, 
uh, when it can't. It's one of the worst forms of like most people don't learn through lecture form, right? Right. <laughs> they don't receive through. The, so it's like literally, you might be, you know, really feeding, even out of adults, everybody like a third if you're lucky, of a church body through a sermon, right? So right. it's like the Christian life uh, has to grow in how robust it actually is and where you actually fed that, which, you know, tells a lot about what you said earlier, right? The need for family ministry, like what's happening at home, all these type of things. Right. And I think another element too, man, is I think just Christianity in general has not, not done a good job of engaging with the culture. Right. Um, Look, I'm, you know, again, I'm a millennial. I grew up with social, not grew up with social media, but you know, I've, um, been a young person in the age of social media and all of that and i've had my share of facebook and twitter and whatever uh, <laughs> arguments with people right, right. Or, or message board and the reality is people we, we just don't people just don't engage like there's a lot of like out there thoughts and beliefs that people have and honestly i think there's an element of like uh people just want to be one of be challenged like um a thing my wife and I started is a series called Let's Talk About It. And that's because we feel like the church often doesn't just discuss real life issues that people are dealing with. Right. And so when you got a lot of millennials, like millennials are of an age where everybody has a voice. Everybody can voice an opinion. But somehow when it comes to the church and Christianity, now the only person that has a voice is the pastor. Right. We don't talk about stuff. We don't question stuff. Even if there's a moral thing that comes up, it's a pastor gives a sermon on it. And that's what you're supposed to take away and just move on. People want to talk and discuss things. Right. Like you yeah. even see the reality is you, you, you hear this a lot where a lot of people say part of the reason they don't rock with Christianity is because of something having to do with homosexuality. Like either I got gay friends or gay family members in the church doesn't do this or does do this or whatever when it comes to homosexuality. Right. When it comes to gay people. So I can't rock with Christianity. Christianity because of some grievance I have with how I perceive the church treating homosexuality. Now, the thing is, I've had these conversations with all sorts of people on both sides of the aisle. And to be honest, I think a lot of times there's a disconnect in what people think is happening and what or what people think many Christians believe or feel or how they respond to things or what's actually happening. But while the world, the 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 outside society will talk about this, the church won't, or it only talk about it amongst itself. Right. Mm. And so we don't engage with people. Right. We don't engage with it. OK, millennials, like so a lot of y'all say, like, hey, I have an issue with how the church treats homosexuality. OK, so what is the issue you have? What do you what is the issue you have? What do you think? Like, what actual beef do you have that's keeping you from the church? And you'll hear a lot of things. Well, I have an issue with the church saying that all gay people go to hell. And you say, OK, well, is that what the church is saying? Is that what the Bible actually says? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let's actually delve into that and then see the who, what's, where, when's, and why's, you know? And yeah. let's see what we're actually talking about here because you have this perception that might not be true. Or maybe the perception you have is true and maybe we need to re like deal with it and rectify it. But like, millennials don't want it. We're not of the generation where we just want to be told, well, the sky's blue. Why? Because it is. You know what I'm saying? Like people, mm -hmm. people need to know. They need to be able to engage, and they don't want to go to a place where the pastor's on a, necessarily just sitting on his high hill, and 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 speaks to us, and we just take it in and leave and go on about our business. No, they want to be engaged and talk about it and deal with it. And also, there's questions because again, our outside society is everything is pushing against Christianity, right? Pushing against the these you know this way of thinking, this morality, whatever. 
And so we have to then be willing, the church has to be willing to engage them and deal with those things, to talk about these things and address those things. Otherwise, why would they want to come? Yeah. No, I think you're hitting some key and it should challenge, it should challenge us to be willing to reform how church is done, right? To yeah. fit those needs because, and that's part of the, you know, there's a balance to, to it, right? It's traditions are not bad. They can be wonderful, great things when they're taught, but the being stiff in only tradition or only ways it's done can be really limiting. So, I mean, it should challenge us to rethink how do we do church? How are we actually developing the spiritual life? How are we developing the community? How we- It's church outside of Sunday morning. To yeah, talk exactly. about this community, right? So yep. the, the, the role of the church outside is just how does the church service run? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. even addressing some of these doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, you you have to change, you know, you got to turn, everybody put the chairs in a circle and every service yeah. is now like a three hour long conversation, but it's just how do we serve people in the ways that they need to be served? And yeah, again, no. I'm sorry, if we just shut them out and don't talk to folks or won't engage, like millennials ain't gonna come. Yeah, right. And it's, yeah, it's creating those spaces you know, actually, and then we talked about this a little bit last episode in a Patreon only segment. Just uh, this, yep, shout out for that segment, which we'll have another one coming this week. But we talked a little bit about it, just this idea that the church, like, it'll be a complete culture shift for the church to get back to something like this because the church has become something that's not local, right? It's a consumer product that commutes. You can't possibly be about community if you're not a actual presence with each other throughout the week you know what i mean if it's mm-hmm. if it's a product that you buy on sunday even if you change your format to some creative discussion thing you're not going to solve any of those problems right it's no. yeah it's actually becoming a people involved in the community and being willing to wrestle with you know the hard stuff and not having because that's the thing that's the thing about the bible that's the thing about real life right is not it's not black and white and answers aren't black and white. There's a heck of a lot of gray that we gotta work through, right? But we have mm-hmm. to be willing to actually do that, you know what I'm saying? So Well yeah, and that touches on I mean, we don't want this conversation to go forever, but I mean the, one of the big things that you hear is that they they will say church people are fake, Christians yeah. are fake, there's this uh or and hypocritical. Right. And that's one of the big things that keeps people away. So we got to be willing to deal with that and wrestle with that. Um, now, I push I tend to push back on that because I think that a lot of that. Um, while look, church hurt is a real thing and all of that. I personally feel like a lot of that narrative comes from this false idea of what the church is supposed to be, <laughs> you know, um, and part of that is because the church has put uh, has presented itself that way, and individuals within the church do. But like, look, it's supposed to be a community of believers, people that the th- the one thing we all have in common is that we believe in God, love God, follow Jesus, right, to the best of our abilities. Everything beyond that, who knows, right? There's people, there's people with all sorts of issues, weaknesses, strengths, whatever. We're all just people that live in a particular area and all want to follow Jesus, right? <laughs> and I think a lot of people get caught up in. Uh, the idea of church in the sense that there are a lot of people within church of Christians and older folks that will turn their nose up on other people that live a different way or think a different way or whatever. Right. But the idea of the church, the body is supposed to be, Hey, we're coming together with this one common thing, right? Like 
Heaven's going to be full of all sorts of type of people. And the one common thing we have in common is the love for God and the love for Jesus and, and the giving of our lives to Jesus, right? And mm-hmm. so anything beyond that shouldn't necessarily matter. We've got all these denominations and there's cultural and economic rifts and all these things that are causing these issues. But you, again, you see people say, I'm not going to church because those people are fake, because they're this, they're hypocrites, they look down on people, they look down on whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah. And the church has to be willing to wrestle with those things, deal with those things, and also then engage with people that are feeling those ways. Um, even though, again, I think some of it is about a misperception of what the church is even supposed to be. Just because Sister Mary over there done says something mean to you, that don't mean the church is bad. I mean, Sister Mary got problems. And that's a Sister Mary <laughs> issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say, hey, you know, Steven at work was mean to me, so I ain't going to work no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And if, if if being a part of a body is important enough to you, you'll, you will deal with those things and work through those things because, again, you're dealing with people and yeah. you can't escape from people. So, yeah. No, and I think that, I mean, yeah, to, to wrap up the conversation, I think that points to the important principle that there's a lot of things in the church that need critique, but you shouldn't be able to critique those things and you can't critique those things unless you're actually committed to the church, right? right. People love to be critiques of everything and systems, but you cannot truly critique or do anything unless you're committed to it. You know, unless Ooh, who said that Gandhi said that, right. You be the change you want to see. Right. Right. It, it's the same thing. Like if you're not committed to the church, you have no right to critique, critique it. If you are, there's plenty to critique and let's work together to ch- change and bring about change that represents, you know, the truth of the gospel. But For real. If, you ain't, to, if you ain't in it, don't, you know, don't say nothing. And yeah, not to belabor that point, but like one thing I just saw the other day, and it this pisses me off every time, is this whole idea that our pastors are just crooks and thieves or whatever. Like I, there was a, there's a message board that I'll be on and they, they were asking like, basically should pastors be paid? And a lot of people on there that ain't Christians or whatever, like, nah, pastors, why, why would you pay a pastor? Nah, 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 they really cared about the group. And I, and like, it drives me crazy. I know you a pastor, you a pastor, most of you by now you feel like you speak, but I'm like, y'all ain't even in the church. Y'all aren't Christians. You don't care about these things. So why are you running your mouth talking about, oh no, they shouldn't be paid. You don't care about what they do. You don't, you're not a benefit beneficiary from what they do, right? So mm-hmm. for you to feel like, oh, you got this opinion about, well, what, what they should or shouldn't be paid is ridiculous because you are not somebody that benefits from that or even, you don't even necessarily understand the benefit. You'll see when you talk to people like that, they don't understand what it is that a pastor actually does or the yeah. time that they actually put in, but they still want to run their mouths about what they should or shouldn't be paid. And they also treat it like, well, every like, oh, pastors are charlatans, and these these Christians are idiots for giving them their money. Like, would just say, here, go buy a boat, pastor. <laughs> like, like it, it, that that whole element of the economics of it drives me crazy. As somebody that has known many pastors and related to pastors, whatever, and I see the work that they put in, I understand the 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 stress and all the things that come with it, and the hours and time that that is put in to being a pastor of a congregation, even one that is not huge, it drives me nuts when I see that. And does that mean that there have never been pastors or preachers that are kind of take advantage of that? No, but there's a fundamental understanding about a lot of this stuff too. Like a lot of these mega preachers, people see that I live in these big houses, like, yo, these people are writing books and doing things and they're getting paid for this stuff. They're not getting necessarily millions from their congregation, a lot of them. They're getting paid from the books they do, the speaking engagements they do, all these things, just like anybody else that writes a book 
that is popular that sells or goes on speaking tours or whatever. Like people are willing to spend their money to go see somebody give a presentation or speak. They make money. Why are we hating on that? It drives me crazy. I'm sorry. We'll move on. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and yeah, I think that, you know, maybe that is the critique towards millennials as well is that, you know, you can't, you can't critique it until you're committed to it and diving in with it. And then we can start to bring about change. And stop buying into narratives. Yeah. And and that's the thing is we can't be buying into narrative. Like there's so many people that are going to pimp Jesus in the church for their own stuff. We've seen that all. We could talk about it all the time with, you know, even the ties with Trump and American politics and all sorts of things, right. To Mm -hmm. prosperity. It's out there, but to, you know, to take those narratives and then read them on the church, you know, you're not really engaged with it. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's bring about the change we want to see, but you got to be committed first. Committed change and hope, hope and change. There be. Obama There'd be. 2024. If yeah, Michelle, Michelle could come back around. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> so we're going to wrap up for the normal segment, but we do have another new segment. We're going to introduce you in the Patreon exclusive happening right after this. But if you want to check it out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kingdom dreamers. You can join any tier and you'll get the exclusive content of wild wild world. That just helps us continue to create because creating and free, we love to do it, but it costs us money. So we want to be able to bring you more content. I appreciate the support. You get exclusive benefits, join the community. Uh, There's all sorts of other benefits too, but one of those is the exclusive content. So we're about to jump into some Patreon only. We're going to do a real life pick them today. Kind of like draft, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. So check it out, Patreon exclusive. But with that, I don't know. You got any closing words, Kellen, for the non-Patreon people? You is kind. You is smart. You is special. And there you have it. Those are the closing words from Kellen himself. We'll see you on next week, season three, episode three next week. See you on Patreon. Adios. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild Wild World Show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Twitter at Kingdom X Dreams and learn more at KingdomDreamer.com. We are proud to partner with Fiverr, the online marketplace for freelance services to get stuff done. If you have any business or creative needs, you need to check out Fiverr, whether that's a logo design, website optimization, social media boost, video production, you can find it all on Fiverr. We as the Kingdom Dreamers have used them for many of their services and plan to continue. Check them out at the link in our show notes.